Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, folks. In the 11 o'clock hour on Tuesday, we spend some moments with folks um, that are working hard in our community to make a difference. And I often refer to them as difference makers, uh, giving of themselves uh, a lot of the not-for-profit community, aligning themselves within the NOLA coalition, just simply trying to make this a better place to live, work, and raise our family. And I thought it was important that we highlight their hard work because a lot of it goes unnoticed. And a lot of the groups, the vast majority, if not all, working hard, making a difference, changing people's lives, not a 1,000 at a time, not 500 at a time, but rather one at a time. And that one at, the to- at a time uh, approach, mentality, is what is going to really win out for us in the end. Because what it is is it's meaningful. We're not overstating what we're trying to do. Uh, we're not trying to put out a message that's not really achievable. And I've been the beneficiary of, of having the opportunity to talk to so many incredibly fine people uh, that live here. I guess it's what makes us different. It, it what It's what makes us really proud to call this place home. Yes, we have our challenges. Yes, we have our warts. We understand that. Every major city does. We can talk about it in the hopes of it getting better, putting pressure where on the pressure points where it needs to be done. But meanwhile, there are a lot of people working in the background. And today we have a special guest, Reverend Deborah Gilmore with uh, Touching Jesus Today Ministries. Reverend, welcome to the show. Thank you so kindly, sir, and God bless you. It's a wonderful day today, and I am so happy to be a participant with Greater New Orleans under the leadership of Mr. Michael Heck, and also to be speaking with you, a great citizen of our state of Louisiana. It's a blessed morning to be with you, sir. Well, I feel the same way, Reverend. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us about your organization. Yes, sir. Our ministry is Touching Jesus Today Ministries International. I have preachers in different states, New York, North uh, Carolina, D.C., Texas, Florida. We just all over the United States, and a lot of them travel a lot. I'm here in New Orleans with... um, three other preachers and some lay personnel. We um, help the homeless. We clothe, feed. Last week we fed 67 people. We work with Friendship House. And just anybody who is in need, we work with them. And it's just an awesome blessing 
to be of service to our community. Because when we are out there with the community, we get to meet them, they get to know us, and they tell us things that they wouldn't tell other people because we are there not to criticize, not to complain, but to help. And we all lean on each other. And as a matter of fact, some people that we help are able to help us. Isn't that amazing? It's a wonderful thing. Yes, sir. And so, yes, sir. No, go ahead. And right now, we had a meeting within the last three weeks, and we decided since the ministry has really taken on the footprints of Jesus Christ to develop touching today's communities. And this is what we have been doing all along, touching the people that live just in this world, wherever we are. If we traveling, we get conversations with the travelers. We talk to them. We pray with them. We go to the hospitals. And, you know, I can't really say we are handful because when your mind is just loaded with information for people, you are like a, a muscle person. You, 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 you know, it's like you really have what it takes because you can go out there and you don't have fear. But you know that you can approach anybody and strike a conversation. And right now, this month, sir, we have been teaching all of the community people that want to listen about integrity. And now, if it, I may... It, it, yes, explain that to me. I, I know one of the messages that you're, you're talking about is integrity amongst citizens. Yes, sir. And amongst neighbors, amongst family, amongst our leaders, you know... We need integrity as individuals. And what struck that particular subject being in one word was that I had an incident that happened to me, say, less than a month ago, whereas a senior in the facility where I work out was really playing a game. And now I understand what some people were telling me that folks do things for fun. And I'm saying that, sir, because this lady came down the side street where I was crossing the street and she was coming pretty fast at me where I kind of sort of panicked, and I jumped on the sidewalk. Now, mind you, I have a torn muscle behind my knee, and it was healing, but now it's aggravated again because I had to jump on the sidewalk. And then she stopped. I didn't know who it was, and when she rolled the window down, oh, she was laughing, laughing like a clown in the circus, you know, and I said, well, my goodness, I said, you're about to really hurt me. Oh, no, no, I had my brakes. 
you cannot trust your feet on the brakes, you know, because I have no knowledge of people that's been behind a wheel having a heart attack, and so do you, sir. You know, you can get sick, you can can have a seizure, etc. So where is your integrity, with, especially when you drive and your courtesy to another driver, your courtesy to the folks that want to cross the street? It doesn't take not even one minute to produce integrity. And that's where we are to teach our families, the kids, even the children that get off the buses in our neighborhoods, how to walk the streets with respect and not do some of the things that they do when they get off the bus. So, so Reverend, um, you're part of the NOLA Coalition, um, and I know a lot of the organizations have kind of just come on. It's still coalescing. Have you had much interaction with them thus far? Oh, yes, sir. I love my coalition. And like I said, Mr. Heck is our leader. Oh, and he is a great person. He is so great. He's a listener, and he will help us to develop, meaning, you know, he'll get us a tutor or an agency that has what we need that we want to develop within our individual businesses. And I've also had a chance to assist Mr. Michael Willis with the turkey giveaway. And we gave away 660 turkeys uh, and baskets with the needed items to prepare Thanksgiving food. And I will be assisting him this month. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's December the 15th. It's going to be up at uh, Lawrence D. Crocker School uh, around Marengo with toys for the kids. And it's online, and it's Hope Ministry, community ministry. So it's just awesome how we can just pitch in and help each other, and we're all on the same page. Reverend, what do you see as your biggest challenge right now today as an organization? What's your biggest challenge? Our biggest challenge right now is the funding. Mm-hmm. People, they come to us. And we don't have. And then they explode when we cannot give them a decent pair of slacks for guys and ladies. They look for personal items, and we just don't have it. When we have, we give. And that's the main thing. And when we ask people to help us or pitch in or what do you have you can give us to give to somebody, we get very little participation. What, what I guarantee. What do you see as the biggest need of members of that you come in contact with in the community? Uh, what what are people looking for more so than anything else? More so, they're looking for food items, something they can eat, something decent they can drink, and they're looking for changes of clothing. And like right now, they need blankets and warm coats and like this morning we didn't have that many blankets that we gave out we didn't have a lot of size pants for guys like what size 32 waist we didn't have that we didn't have shoes 
sir. One guy had holes in his shoes. We didn't have his size. He was a size 13. We only had small sizes. So you can't give what you don't have. So we just pray and keep praying that, you know. If someone wanted to make a donation to you, what is the best way, if they had some clothing and shoes and things of that nature, what's the best way to contact you? My phone number, sir, and community is 504-416-5273. And if God touch your heart for a financial donation, you can go to Regions Bank and deposit that donation into Touching Jesus Today Ministry. Is there a website that people can go to for your organization? Well, right now, sir, the website is changed, but my email is Dr. Diara Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E-B-G at yahoo.com. Dr. Debbie B-G? Yes, sir. At yahoo.com. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, um, Reverend, thank you so much for all that you do. We really uh, appreciate it. We we hope you the best. We hope that you are able to get uh, some of the items that uh, the folks that y'all are helping out uh, need, especially over this holiday period of time. Obviously, the climate's changing. It's getting a lot colder. The needs are different today than they were uh, 30, 60 days ago, for sure. And we appreciate the same. Uh, if anyone out there has items that they would like to give to the Touching Jesus Today ministry, Reverend Deborah Gilmore, you can reach her at 504-416-5273, or you can reach her at Dr. Debbie BG at yahoo.com. Uh, we will be right back. Thank you so much for joining us, Reverend. We truly appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You're a blessing. God you, bless you. You are as well, ma- ma'am. Thank you. Thank you again. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
So it's being reported that um, Saints defensive end Cam Jordan uh, was at his charity event, uh, a founda- his foundation hosted on the edge of the French Quarter last evening, Monday night. You know, it's really a shame. I mean, you know, Cam Jordan's been a great corporate individual partner and, and corporate partner with the Saints to the city of New Orleans on so many different fronts. They give back to the community. He has his own foundation. He hosts these things all the time. Uh, he gives kids uh, brand new sneakers. And, um, you know, he's hosting an event last night, 30 plus kids there. What happens? Gunshots. And if you, you know, on, on the website, you can see the holes in the windows. Thankfully, nobody was hurt uh, on either side. And thankfully, nobody was hurt at, at the fundraiser either. Now, this is a man, leader in the community, brings kids to a location. This is supposed to be a happy happenstance, right? This is supposed to be great. Who are these people that think, that this is the right thing to do, to go and shoot up an event, a charity event for kids. I mean, we have so many challenges on so many different fronts, and we have these little thugs that are running around trying to ruin it for everybody. So, unfortunately, and and it really, it saddens me, that I, that I have to even talk about this this morning, that the thrill for these kids of being able to talk to Cam Jordan, to touch Cam Jordan, to listen to the words of Cam Jordan um, and everything else, what do you think they're going to remember about this night? Frickin' bullet holes, bullets being shot. It's horrible. I, I, I hope they didn't really hear him, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I remember as a young kid being brought to different events where, you know, folks that you idolize, that you've seen on TV, you never in your wildest dreams ever thought you were going to meet them. I remember the first time, I think the kicker's named Charlie Durkee at the New Orleans Saints, going way back, right? Never thought, you know, Tom Dempsey met him, you know, as well. Doug Atkins, remember it like yesterday, uh, meeting him and so many others. Um, Danny Abramowitz, another one as a young kid, met him several times. Remember like yesterday. Thankfully, I don't have to remember that there were gunshots fired at any given point in time when I was meeting these incredible athletes uh, that really kind of turned things around and created a new landscape for us and, and professional sports i mean these are the things that these are horrific events and thankfully nobody's hurt but what do these kids remember even when we're trying to do the right thing we have ignorance uh, that reveals itself and i think cam said it right he says I, I i didn't know how to feel about it it was a great event 30 plus kids gifting them sneakers reinforcing positivity having a great time and then you know we're struck by ignorance and stupidity when some argument 
outside, elevated to the extremes, and gunshots went off. You know, so obviously they weren't the target of it, but nonetheless, you know, well, we don't think they were the target. Hopefully they weren't the target of it. I mean, that would even be more horrific, right? Um, and it's just craziness. I mean, all the good that we're trying to do, we just talked to Reverend Deborah Gilmore. You could hear in her, in her voice. She really wants to touch people's lives. And yet this is what they have to remember. I, there's no panacea solution to this. We just got to keep working at it. Uh, we just got to start, you know, keep, continue with accountability, continue pushing back on this culture of noncompliance that is trampling the rights of everyone that's out there in so many different ways, in little ways. And a lot of times we just kind of get tired and, and we just overlook it and and we walk by it, and we stare the obvious in the face, and we walk around it. But that's not what we ought to be doing, folks. And that's why I talk about this all the time on this show. Because if you give an inch, they take a foot. If you give a foot, they'll take a yard. And that's how it works with this culture of noncompliance. You're never going to rid yourself of the ills of our society. We've been trying for centuries, it, you never rid yourself of it. You minimize it as much as possible. You put pressure on it as much as possible. You make it uncomfortable for those that are attempting to walk to the beat of a different drum that is violative of everyone else's peaceable possession of their property, their enjoyment, their life. You push back on it. You know, I remember, and I've said this before many times on this show, people would like, I noticed that you made bee drinking arrests last year, and you made prostitution arrests last year, and you made 3,000 drug arrests last year, and you made these types of arrests last year. And I said, yeah, that's right, because they're in areas of our parish where they're really creating havoc, and we can't have it. i got to minimize that as much as possible. The moment in time that they know that we're not there enforcing any longer, they want more. They take more. They become more aggressive. They don't care about your rights. They're not doing what they're doing, their criminal activity in a covert way. They now move to an overt way. And soon afterwards, they believe they have a right to engage in this conduct because they believe wrongfully that most everybody has embraced it. So when you sit back and do nothing about this culture of noncompliance, that's what happens. That's, that's the life cycle of it. And then it gets to a point where you don't have the assets or the resources necessary to address the situation. Then you have what is called, in street language, the proverbial screwola. You can't do anything about it. You're toast. Because the problem has become bigger than your organization to handle. Then you have to engage in shock and awe strategies because it gets so bad that anything less than shock and awe is not going to work. And unfortunately, in today's society, 
Well, maybe fortunately. I mean, it all depends on perspective, I guess, and the way in the manner in which you deploy. But people don't like that shock and awe. But basically, it's all about going back to minimizing risk because we're never going to get rid of this. People that, that, that want to challenge you about, well, you know, we've been enforcing these laws for a million years and it's not going away. It's never going away. It's not how it works. There's not a single law, whether or not it, would, it appeared under Roman law, Lex, or um, the Napoleonic Code under Napoleon or in civil law that was enforced uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago that still doesn't exist today. Because you're not going to eradicate crime. They have people that have ill in their hearts and ill in their mind. That's just how they're wired. Those are the ones, the impact criminals, the thugs that suck the life out of a community that need to be put away. Plain and simple. It's a shame that we have to finance what we have to finance in the breadth and depth of incarceration, not only in this state and in this country, but everyone wants to talk about disproportionate impact, you know, over-criminalization, you know, um, over-incarceration. They never look at the offender and say, you know what, we offend at a rate that's unacceptable. It's greater than almost that, than any other industrialized nation. That's the problem. In a moment in time, we, be, we really thoughtfully become a victim-centric model, the better off we're going to be. Because it's about order and structure in a society, right? I mean, laws are nothing more than the codification of customs and norms. Of the way that people live amongst one another. But we're so busy trying to divide one another now. And I, and I completely believe that that has been the outgrowth and the product of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We see it over and over and over again. In fact, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about another article that I, I think you're going to be shocked to hear about the belief system as to where we are in higher education and what they're trying to get people to believe that's next up. I guess it'll be the next round of protests that we'll have in the streets or this, that, or otherwise. We'll be right back. Stay with us. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
So we're talking about dividing, and I came across this article the other day, and it's a story about a University of Michigan professor. And what Professor April Baker Bell believes is that traditional approaches to language education do not account for the emotional harm or consequences these approaches have on black students' sense of self and identity. And in fact, they're saying that compelling black students to write standard English that their teachers understand, I guess they're assuming that the teacher is white, is racist. So now even writing the English language is racist. Now understanding spelling and grammar and uh, the components of, of writing is now racist if required to do so in standard English. Vocabulary as well. So how does this work? Baker Bell believes that because black language is devalued in classrooms, it reflects how black lives are devalued in the world. So if you adopt a manner in which you're going to speak English that deviates from traditional customs, norms about that language, the net has to be embraced by everybody. And that to teach otherwise traditional English is racist. Because you're not taking into consideration the sensitivities of those who decide to deviate from traditional English. Similarly, she says that we think about this notion of standard mainstream English is directly connected, hold on to your seats, to the invisible way that white culture is often deemed normal, neutral, and superior in the world. So speaking English now in the traditional sense as it is embraced works against everyone else. Everyone else that may adopt a colloquialism or this or that or any, or any other way or may want to speak in a way uh, of the English language and that it can only be an attempt by whites to maintain a, super, a, a superior position in society today. Requiring black units, uh, students, to use standard English is anti-black linguistic racism, she says. She lectures that we should speak all speak Ebonics. I don't know about you, but I speak English. I don't know about you, but I had black students in my class, and many of whom uh, scored much higher grades than I ever made in English, history, or otherwise. But this is where this is where we're we're going. I mean, as we're dividing. Mother, mom was a first generation immigrant. Uh, in many ways, she struggled with the English language. She went to work at Capitol Records in Hollywood as as an interpreter. That's when 
Spanish music and Latin music was taking off. And um, Hollywood was embracing Latin music. The producers were embracing Latin music and, and operated as a secretary and an interpreter there um, for those in, in, in that respect. And I, I had this conversation with my mom many times because she used to butcher just about every colloquialism there was. If she ever, um, you know, felt that she was looked upon unfavorably as, as a result of it. And she goes, no, not really. She goes, I know just as many Americans that would that sucked the colloquialisms as well. So, I mean, it wasn't a, I, you know, and she said, if I want to feel bad about something, I could certainly wake up tomorrow morning and decide I'm going to start feeling bad about this. But what is the, what is the value of that? You know, English is English. Spanish is Spanish. There are all kinds of dialects of Spanish here, there, other words. There's all kinds of slangs that are incorporated in, into language. But that, does that mean that, when you adopt the slang that in reverse, it's reverse discrimination. When you choose not to follow the accepted practice of English that's existed for thousands of years, that all of a sudden it's that you're racist in, 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 in return. I don't know, but why, why are we making this so complicated? I don't think it really needs to be, but this is where we are in, in, in modern America on university campuses across this country, we keep trying to divide our, ourselves. I'm just as capable of butchering the English language every day. My wife was an English history major. She correct, There's not a day go by she doesn't correct me. And I really can't say anything because she's right. She's absolutely right. It, it has now become kind of a joke in, in, in our house. And I'll just look at her and say, what is the right way? Because in many, some cases, I don't know. I forgot. Sounded good to me, but it wasn't. I'm sure you've experienced some of that butchering yourself when you listen to this show. And I apologize for saying, but I don't think anyone is racist. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Let's go to Steve Uptown. He joins us on line one. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Newell, how are you? One quick comment. You uh, you present this person's view as uh, this is what's happening on college campuses. This is, quote, this is where we're headed. Uh, that's just not the case. This is this person is extreme. This is not where we're headed. And how do you how do you know this? Classic, I, can, I can tell you. I can tell you if I can finish. It's a classic conservative commentator and liberal commentator uh, approach. Find some very extreme uh, view and present it as, oh, all liberals believe this or all conservatives believe that. And it's misleading. And it, you know, okay, so let, let, let me ask you a question. Let's okay. be as divisive. Let's be as no, divisive. So let me as ask as you a question now, Stephen. This is the University of Michigan that's allowing this individual to have a course of instruction that teaches this. You see yeah, anything wrong with one, that? That's, that's, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's okay, one, thank you. That's all, one, I, that's all I wanted to know. As a conservative to a liberal, I don't need to hear anymore. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 